Blog Talk Radio. It's the talk with my good friends. It's the talk with my good Welcome back to the Talk with Micah and Friends. And yes, it is me, Micah. (laughs) It's been about two months since you've actually heard my voice on the radio waves, but I'm so glad to be back and most definitely excited to have this incredible sit-down with Mr. and Miss Black Universe for the pageant year 2017-2018. Now, before we actually get into tonight's interview, I have a bit of congratulations that I would like to give out. Congratulations to Travis Sansel and Danielle Hunter on winning Mr. and Miss Entertainer of the Year. Shay Shay Larice on winning Miss National, Sir Valentino and Stasha Sanchez on capturing the titles of Mr. and Miss Continental 2018-2019 Labor Day weekend, Jada Kiss on winning Miss Nations Plus, Asheria Price on winning Miss Duval Plus, Roman Black and Claudia Francois on winning Mr. and Miss Black Continental, Shavana B. Brooks on capturing Miss Gay USA at large. Unique Davenport and Nina LaBelle Thomas on winning Mr. and Miss Westland Newcomer. Giselle Barbie Royale on winning Miss Florida FFI. And Dana Douglas on being crowned Miss Florida Supreme FFI. And also a big congratulations to Devastation on an amazing year as Miss Gay America 2018. Devastation will actually be relinquishing her title this week in St. Louis, Missouri. And it is so great to see 44 amazing contestants buy for the covenant title of Miss Gay America that's actually been around about, what, 45 years. So good luck to everyone out there. Enjoy yourselves. Now, on September 11th, unfortunately and sadly, we lost a legend in the community. She's the very first Miss Continental Plus and cast member and host of the Famous Baton Show Lounge in Chicago, Illinois, Miss Ginger Grant. Ginger was a friend, a sister, a mother, and a grandmother to many, and an integral part to the operation of Everything Continental. Ginger will be solely missed, and so at this time, I would like for each of us to give her and her family respect by honoring her with a brief moment of silence. Thank you. And when we return, we will have with us the reigning rulers of the universe, so let's go ahead and take a break to pay some bills, and we shall be back in just a few moments. Hang tight. Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressives, and dreamers. I'm Craig the Writer Stewart, and I am the author of three books and a podcast called So Much to Say. Wait, that's not what this ad is about. 
the highly anticipated stage play A Day in the Life starring Jasmine Bonet and the mouth of the South Sophia McIntosh returns to Atlanta. Visit my website www.craigtherighterstuart.com for more details about auditions and more. Again, that's www.craigtherighterstuart.com Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I'll see you there. My first time I was nervous. My first time was in the back of the firehouse. I was in the church. It was amazing. My first time, everybody clapped afterwards. I mean, I, I didn't know how to how to how to do it. Where to put it? You know, where to slide it in? There were so many options. Like, uh, <laughs> you never know what it's gonna be like when it actually when you do it. So finally, I just, you know, I just went, and did it, I voted. My first time with a woman was 2016. It felt good, but it ended badly. My parents weren't allowed to do it until 1965, so I do it every chance I get. We have the numbers, we have the power, we can do this. Come do it with us, November 6th. Our generation is the largest group of voters in the country. Let's rise up, register, and let our voices be heard. You can't vote if you don't fill out the forms and register. Go to MarchForOurLives.com to register. It takes like two minutes. I was so excited afterwards that I elected all over the place. <laughs> vote. Vote. Register and vote. So hot. Voting is so hot. <laughs> You want to answer that, don't you? I bet it's just killing you seeing the soft glow just inches away. Someone wants to tell you something or ask you something. Oh, come on. Answer it already. <laughs> just so we're clear, that wasn't my fault. Next time, ignore your inner voice. Don't text and drive. Hi, this is Janet Jackson. And I want to speak to all the young people who mean so much to me. I know that sometimes life can seem insurmountable, especially during your teen years. And if you're lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, you're probably thinking you're all alone, but you're not. There is a world of acceptance waiting for you. I can relate because I, I was one of those kids that internalized everything. I held everything inside, all of my pain, and I didn't release it. I wasn't able to let it go until I finally met that person that I could trust and who was truly willing to listen. If you've been a target of bullying, tell a trusted adult. And if you're feeling depressed, lonely, or suicidal, contact The Trevor Project at 866-4U-TREVOR. It gets better. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm AL. And I'm, and I'm C. C. And we, and we are the Accelerator Twins. Twins. And check out our brand new single, If You Let Me, today on iTunes.
single, If You Let Me, today on iTunes or visit our website, www.etcetratwins.com. This is the newly crowned Miss Continental, Sasha Sanchez, and you're listening to The Talk with Micah and Friends. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you, Sasha Sanchez, your newly crowned Miss Continental. She's been crowned, I think, maybe about a month now, yeah. Um, so, again, thank you, Sasha, for that um, lead-in. So, welcome back to the Talk with Mike and Friends. Well, the time has come to sit and have a chit-chat with two national title holders, two of which I know um, personally. Um, but since starting the show back in 2013, I've always felt it was important to remain connected to those who we admire, respect, and appreciate within the pageantry community. Um, I personally believe interviews like this allow us to take a deeper look into the lives of the revered and also get their point of view on issues on pressing topics that have become topics of great discussion within the community. Um, I've interviewed the NBU court from 2013, 14, 15, 16, and now it's 17. Um, so it's only right that I continue this tradition and sit down with the reigning rulers of the universe before they relinquish their titles later on this month in Atlanta, Georgia. So let's go ahead and welcome to the show from West Palm Beach, Florida, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Black University, Makai St. James Dickerson, and from Dallas, Texas, Akira Chanel Davenport, Miss Black Universe. Welcome to the show, Rulers. Hey, 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 hey thanks for doing? having me. <laughs> good, I'm good. I love how y'all came in, so energetic. Um, that was great, but no, uh, the, 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 pleasure, the pleasure is all mine. I thank each of you for taking the time out of your day to sit with me just for a few, you know, to get a better understanding of who you are um, on and off the stage, and also get, you know, gain some insight on your current reign and thoughts and concerns related to, um, related to the world um, in which we all live and participate in called pageantry. Um, now, if you hit the train going by, that's the train going by my house, so don't fret. Don't, don't, don't even pay attention to any of that if you happen to hear that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now, as the interview goes on, audience, if you have a question for the ruler, you can either press 1 on your phone um, if you've dialed in, and that will alert me that you do have a question or comment for the rulers. Um, and let's kind of save that maybe to maybe about 20 minutes or so in because um, I'm sure you guys have questions. Um, and if you don't, that's totally fine. Listen in and, and gain some perspective and, you know, get to know the rulers a little bit more. Um, also, you have the option of going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash to talk with Micah. If you click on that link and follow us, that takes you right on into um, listening from your tablet, even your phone, um, computer. And then there's a chat pod there um, that you can actually chat with us and um, or chat with me. You know, you can send a comment or a question, and I'll definitely relay that over to the rulers as we go through the, um, the conversation on tonight. Um, and then also, hey, if you're listening but you don't want to be online and or over the phone, you don't want us to hear your voice or whatever the case may be. Some people are like that. But then again, you hey, you, uh, you don't uh, know how to navigate through the website. You know, that happens sometimes. You do have the option to actually inbox me on Facebook, Micah Pierce, M-I-C-A-H-P-I-E-R-C-E, on Facebook. And it's Micah Pierce, not Makai. You know, people always call me Makai for some odd reason. But uh, it, is, it is Micah Pierce. And uh, you guys can just inbox me, and I'll, um, I'll relay that question or comment over to them as well. Um, so, yeah, and always remember to keep it on cute because I will kindly place you on mute otherwise, okay? Now, rulers, are you ready? We're ready. 
Okay. I've been um, ready, baby. <laughs> so as I do every interview, <laughs> as I do every interview, I want us to start with the basics, you know, getting to know the person behind the makeup and the stage persona. So let's go ahead and start with Miss um, Black Universe ladies first. Uh, tell the listeners, Akira, just a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Um, <laughs> a little bit about yourself. Where were you born and raised, your family upbringing, and also your fondest childhood memory? Oh, on the spot. Um, okay. Hey, everybody. Y'all know I'm the Southern Belle, so please look over my Southern accent. But um, I'm from Dallas, Texas. I'm 30 years old. I've been in female impersonation for about 10 years now. Um, my upbringing, I'm the oldest of two boys. So, yeah, I mean, it was um, overall a, a great upbringing. You know, we had our rocky roads, especially with the whole not only homosexual um, situation, but, of course, I wanted to wear a wig. But other than that, I've had a great upbringing, and I've had a great, great, great run as a female impersonator over these 10 span years. Okay, great. So um, you said you're, you're, you're the oldest of two children. You've been doing drag for about yes. 10 years. You are 30 years of age, so you're now in your dirty 30s. How has your dirty 30s treated you so far? Oh, baby, it's been a, it's definitely been an eye opener. Um, I don't know, you know, you know um, it seems like things just start, you know, coming on out of everywhere as far as like you know your mindset, how mm-hmm. you want to see things, how you start going about things, and also them pains. Mm-hmm. I don't know the oh, yeah. all kind of pains, but just decided to say, hey, girl, here I am. Right. To thirty. And I, I feel like I always ask that question. I always celebrate the, the dirty 30s now because, well, I'm 30. I'm Well, I'm not 30, but I'm in the 30s. I'm 36. I'll be 37 at the end of the year. And um, I just feel like, like you said, I mean, it's an eye opener. It, you know, it, it awakens you. Um, and then you also start to become, find out who you really are. I think in your 20s, you're still trying to figure it out. And then when you're around the 30, 35 mark, you really kind of like figure out who you are as a person. And while you are going to continue to grow as a person and as an adult, you kind of come to a realization of who you are. And I also think that the, the 30s, for you, I mean, now that you're about to, you know, you're, you're just starting in, in those 30s, I think that you're going to have the time of your life in your 30s. At least I, I am, and I'm still having the time of my life. So I think that you will have an amazing time um, in those 30s, from 30 to 39. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, trust me, that's definitely, the, that's definitely the plan. The plan. Good, good, good. And, and one other thing before we get to Makai, um, what was your favorite subject in high school? Um, anything that didn't involve math, actually. Really? Yes, hmm. I, I hate math. Now, don't try to jib me out my money because I definitely count. But overall, right. I hate math. <laughs> but but it was your favorite subject. No, I said anything that did involve math. Oh, didn't involve. Oh, okay. That's Everybody, why I said, oh, yeah, really? Okay, that didn't. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I, my, I would have to say my favorite, if I had to pick one, would have to be science. Science. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like math either. I mean, I did the bit. You know, I'm. I mean, for our high school, I think we had the the highest you can go with like statistics, and I think I didn't do. I didn't go to statistics. I think I did trigonometry or something like that, and I stopped. I'm like, look, that's just not my thing. Um, so I'm with you on that. Yeah. Science. Okay, that's great. So now, um, and thank you for those responses. Uh, now let's go to uh, Mr. Black Universe, uh, or, or yeah, Mr. Black Universe, Makai, St. James Dickinson. Tell the listeners that are listening, as well as myself, you know, a little bit about yourself, 
on where were you born, raised, your family upbringing, and your fondest childhood memories. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Akai St. James Dickerson. I was born and raised in West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm 32 years of age. I am mm. the middle child of three. I have an older sister and a younger brother. My family upbringing, um, we were raised in the church, um, very close-knit family. Of course, like most families, you have those growing pains where you feel like once you come of age, you know better than your elders. So I've experienced that. Um, as my queen touched on, coming into my sexuality was trying, but it helped me to develop into who I am right now. And I was fortunate enough to have an aunt on my dad's side of the family who embraced me. And then after she embraced me, it allowed me to know that I don't have to be afraid of who I am. I can live in my truth. And um, it helped me better to accept who I was and not think I was an outcast or, you know, some people experience being different or not feeling like they fit in. And so um, after her embracing me and letting me know that it's okay, just be yourself, um, that helped me to be free. Um, and then after she embraced me, my older sister was like, yeah, I'm going to love you no matter what. I don't care what you do, who you choose to love. You're my brother, and um, nothing can ever take that away. And so learning that early on kind of helped me navigate through life and to, to respect each person as they present themselves to me, and I would want the same in return as I present myself to others. Good. My fondest my fondest childhood memory was actually um, going to, I don't know if y'all remember Immature back in the day. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. Um, um, they came to West Palm Beach. And um, they did a concert in, at the amphitheater right there, like maybe 10 minutes away from where I grew up. So me, my brother, my sister, all my cousins who I grew up with, they were m more like brothers and sisters to me than cousins. We all went. Um, we had an amazing time. We got to go backstage. We had the VIP passes. We got to meet them. I think the brat was there and some other artists. And that was one of the most fun times I had growing up. Okay, so let me ask you this. What was your favorite Immature or IMX? Because, you know, as they, as they grew up, they were considered IMX. They went from Immature to IMX. What was your favorite Immature song? Um, I would have to say uh, I Would Never Lie Again. Okay. Oh, mine favorite. was Constantly. Oh, okay. <laughs> and both of them, uh, both of them were on the same um, album. Playtime is over. Both of them was on the same album. Yeah, they were. Oh, Playtime was over. I didn't really follow them once they became IMX. I, mm -hmm. I um, cause I they started to change a little bit. <laughs> I mm -hmm. like Immature. I did. You liked IMX? I enjoyed IMX. <laughs> he had a uh, first time and beautiful. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's my boy, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so y'all, so y'all some, y'all share some interest, and I love it because um, what always happens on, on on these interviews when I have the you know the rainy title holders or whatever, it's like they always figure out something you know that they have in common, and so that's great to hear that you know you went one of your fondest childhood memories was actually going to see Immature and going backstage, and then um, Akira actually really loving the group Immature and IMX, or you know they're one and the same. But um, so that's interesting. So thank you so very much. Um, and I'm gonna ask You're you, welcome. I'm gonna ask you. Makai, the same question as, as regarding to your favorite subject in high school. What was your favorite subject? 
I would have to say English was my favorite subject. Okay. I, mean, okay. I loved writing. Nice, I loved mm-hmm. the um the adventure of just going into something into your own like totally taking something from your mind and putting it on paper and once it's on paper having that come to reality. So English mm-hmm. would be my favorite subject. Great. Mine too. Mine too. That is my favorite. Um so great. Great, great, great responses. Um, now, before we dig into further questions, you know, regarding MBU, pageantry, our community, all that good stuff, I do have a few rapid-fire questions, and I would like for you all to answer them, um, in, in, you know, as I, as I give them. Um, and it's really quickly. I mean, it's, it's really probably nothing that you, really guys, that you guys really have to think about, but if you do, it's okay. So, um, Akira, what's your favorite season of the year? Um, winter. No, I'll take that back, spring. Spring, Makai. What's the fashion trend that you wish? No, no, I, no. I'm gonna give you a whole nother question. <laughs> uh, Makai, what, what's the fashion trend you wish would die? Fashion trend I wish would die. Mm-hmm. Sagging pants. Okay. Uh, Akira, favorite place you've been or visited? The Bahamas. Okay. Uh, Makai, name a living person you haven't met but would love to meet if you have the opportunity. Brandy. Akira, are you a morning person or a night person? Morning. Of course. Uh, Makai, do you have a a current TV show addiction? I do. My current TV show addiction... Would happen to be Big Brother that just went off air. Oh, okay, that's my stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't meet a lot of black people that like Big Brother, so I get excited. I think there's only yeah. well, there's Paris France, there's Carolyn Fox. I do know those two. There's John John Cooper who has not watched this season, and um, one other person that really likes Big Brother. Who is it? Oh, Vita uh, St. James from Buffalo. But other than you guys, I don't yeah. know know that many. Um, so good. I, yes, I. So we have to talk offline about Big Brother because I actually want to go um, and audition. Yeah, um, I do. Too. I want to audition this season, next season. But if I do, I'm sure that uh, <laughs> many people probably won't like me afterwards. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I want to <laughs> do that. So great. Um, so Akira, Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, or Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston. <laughs> great. Uh, Makai, Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce all day. Uh, Akira, Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? Thank you. Uh, what, what do you, Makai, this is for both of you. What do you believe is your best feature? Makai, you can go first. Um, my best feature would have to be, I guess, the gift of gab. Um, I, I could talk myself into or out of any situation. So I guess that would be my best feature. He ain't lying. <laughs> um, <laughs> my best feature would probably be my smile. Okay. Okay. Uh, Akira, gold or silver? Gold. Makai, if you were given $10 million today, what's the first thing that you would do with the money or purchase? Uh, The first thing I would do with the money is 
buy my mom a house and, and eliminate any debt she owes, my sister owes, my immediate family, just take care of any debt and buy my mom a house. That would be one of the first things I did if I had $2 million. What about you, Akira? I would definitely get my mom her house. That would be okay. the first thing that I would do. Great. Um, everybody wants to take care of mom. I love that. And the last uh, question, and I want you guys to be honest and do not fray away or shy away from the from the question. Uh, who is your favorite ruler of the universe and why? You can only name one male and one female. But if you only have one of the entire bunch, that's totally fine. But I need at least one. And I need a reason why. Hmm. So question, before you answer, I'm uh, curious. We can name one of each? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, okay. See, go on and answer yours, Makai, because I'm going to narrow mine down. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to give myself time to think, too. That's why I was like, go ahead, Akiri. But, okay. And I know a lot of them are your favorites, but, you know, sometimes when you think about your favorites, I mean, it's some different kind of like, yeah, yeah. But um, so there's always one at the top. I don't care what nobody says. There's always one at the top of your list. Oh, this is a tough one. Being that I followed the system for so long and all of them, have certain things that I admire and I've aspired to become within myself. But if I had to choose one out of the females, my favorite Mm -hmm. Miss Black Universe former ruler would be Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington. And the reason why I say Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington is because, like, she doesn't take no for an answer. Oftentimes people have said she wouldn't accomplish this or she wouldn't be that, and she's proved the opposite. And so Mm -hmm. I admire that about her, like, she wouldn't stop until she conquered everything that she saw in her heart to become. And I like that attitude about anything in life, not just with pageantry, but with life, period. Mm-hmm. And my favorite male would be my father, Darion Davenport. Mm-hmm. I love his uh, his his warm heart. Um, he's a giving individual. He'll give you the shirt off his back. If you know mm-hmm. him personally, he'll mm-hmm. have you in stitches. He's, he's a comedian. And, mm-hmm. of course, his fashions are always, like, on point, spot on. Like, that's what I love the most. Okay, great. They're great responses and, and lovely people, one of which is one of my very best friends, uh, Darion. So, yeah. All right. And, uh, Akira, you're up. Oh, it's my turn. Um, I would have to say my favorite male would have to be Archie. And the reason I say Archie is because, I actually got a chance to not only work under Archie, I reigned with Archie and mm. got the chance to know him. We were both black America at the same time. So, you know, his whole mindset, as his business mindset is amazing to me. And also the fact that he doesn't allow that to interfere with his, you know, his personality. He has such a great personality um, on a personal basis. So I would have to say Archie for the males. Um, for mm-hmm. the females, I'm going to go with. Oh, this this one is hard. <laughs> and we shall wait. I can't say more than one. <laughs> no, I, I need one. I can't say more than one. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> um, I'm going to probably say Raquel Lord. Okay. And the reason I say Raquel Lord is because that lady embodies 
what it is to be an entertainer, and she embodies what it is to be a ruler of the universe on and off stage. Just the fact that she's so professional. I've never thought, I've never even met someone so organized and so professional mm. as Raquel Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I wish I could take from her because, baby, as much as I try to be organized, it is so hard. But she combs, she has everything done with a fine tooth comb, and I admire her. Uh, I admire that about her. Good, good. Great, great people, Archie, as well as Raquel Lauren. Wonderful. Lovely. Okay, that, that was it for the, the, the rapid fire question. So now, give me two things that most people don't know about you. Going right back to Akira, give me two things that most people don't know about you. I live my life as a boy. I'm not a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I mean, that's a good, that's a good, that was a good one. That was a good one. Right. But also another thing that people, most people don't know, most people assume that I'm very cocky or arrogant. I'm the goofiest person that you probably would ever meet. I'm mm-hmm. so down to earth. I'm goofy. I love to have fun. I love to have a good time. And, you know, my I don't mean any harm when I say certain things. It's all in good spirit. Good, good. And I can attest to both of those. You're not a transgender woman, and you are goofy as hell. So, yeah, that's about right. Um, actually, you became – I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to keep on rolling. Uh-uh. No, no, what I was going to say was <laughs> I didn't get to know that – Side of like when you reigned, you know, along with you know when you reigned for Black America, um, I didn't get to see a lot of the goofy side until after, um, and so I can definitely appreciate it now. And and I get, it. I mean, sometimes I don't find out a lot of stuff about people until after, but yeah, I definitely saw that goofy side more so after you reigned. Um, but that it is there more 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 times than not. So, um, and I think we should uh, we can we should everyone should appreciate that because I think sometimes people in this industry can be too serious. And then sometimes, you know, you right. back. You have to back away and just kind of like live life because even though that this is a business and you're a title holder and you have a platform and, you know, all this kind of stuff, it is also good to just sit back and chill and relax and enjoy life. So I can definitely appreciate that, um, that about you. Um, Makai, what about you? What are the two things that most people don't know about you? Okay. Let me see. Okay. One thing that most people are – probably no one knows, is that I am extremely claustrophobic. Like, I hate being in small places. I will freak out, have a panic, or an anxiety attack, and if anybody want to get me in a prank or anything like that, close me in a small space. So that's one thing I feel like no one knows about me. Um, The second thing, um, a lot of people feel like I'm not approachable, or that I am self-centered, and that's mm-hmm. not the case. I could piggyback off of what my wife just said. I'm very down to earth. I'm goofy. I'm fun to be around if you give yourself the opportunity to know me. And so that preconceived notion that most have in dealing with me is false. So that's the second thing I would think people don't know. Do you allow – I mean, and I, I get that um, because – I kind of, you know, around this, you know, some people get that same perception of me, which is totally fine, you know. But do you, the question I want to ask you is that do you, like you said, you allow people the opportunity to get to know you, but also do you allow people that opportunity? Because sometimes, you know, for me, 
I can, because of, you know, who I am, period, it doesn't have to do with Mike and all, but just who I've always been, I still allow, I still protect my energy and, my, and the people around me and my spaces. So some people, I blatantly don't want them that opportunity. So the question is kind of like, do you, do you feel like you're welcoming even when you're around people to get an opportunity to, to get to know you? Same to you. It does. And okay. I'm going to say maybe five or six years ago, mm-hmm. probably not. Okay. I wouldn't have gave, given people the opportunity to know me. Mm-hmm. But like Akira said, once you come into a certain age and your mind changes, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. about how you would approach situations and how you would deal with people change. Mm-hmm. I do agree. You you should re, uh, protect yourself and your energy and your personal space. So mm-hmm. by all means, don't allow nothing negative to interfere with what That's you right. got going on positive. However, mm-hmm. I will give people the opportunity to know me, and I will uh, give myself the opportunity to know others as well. Mm-hmm. It's just take that chance, and I'm not afraid to do that. Um, I don't know why most people feel like I am that way, but it's something that I've taken in and kind of reflected on. And so the older I've become, it's, it's what I work on daily. It's, mm-hmm. it's a daily walk with me. And so I try to change that, and I try to be more open and inviting and allow people to get to know the person within and not just the persona they see on stage. Yeah, no, I, I like that because I think that, you know, uh, collectively as a community of people that have platforms, whether you're the CEO, you're a director of something, you're a blogger, you're this, you're that, you're a title holder, Mr. Miss, or whatever. Like, I think a lot of times people already put already put that kind of banner on you or that label on you without even getting to know you. Um, and so, you know, it's a conversation that I've had with many, many of people, you know, um, even someone at Continental, I'll, I'll bring his name up, Desi Andrews, who I love. Uh, dearly, you know, it was a conversation like, oh, I didn't know how to approach you. I'm like, look, if you just have a conversation with me, you know, it is wh- whatever you perceive of me is fine, you know, but understand that I'm human just like you. I, I like to have fun just like you. So, again, it's great to just give, you know, allow, I give, I give and allow people the opportunity, you know, to get to know me. But um, upon your meeting me, and I'm sure with you, Makai, as well as Akira, you know, you know when to like, okay, I see what this kind of person is. You know, I you got to know a little bit of me, but you're probably not going to get to know all of me only because of, you know, that person or the type of energy mm-hmm. they bring. So, um, yeah, I just, I, just, I just wanted to ask that question only because it was a conversation that I've had um, with friends, but not, not about you or, or, or Akira, just in general about protecting space and, you know, do we allow people to the opportunity to, get, to really get to know us, how we want people to know us, and this, that, and the other. So that was the only reason why I asked the question. But, um, but thank you. Thank you. Um, you will. So I won't. I won't ask. I won't ask the question about the biggest misconceptions or any misconceptions because I feel like kind of we kind of answered that already. Um, so I'll move on to um, to pageant related questions and the MBU and you know get that all started. Um, who first initially introduced you to the art form, um, whether it be shows or pageants? Who was the Who was the first person who initially introduced you to this industry? Um, Tariq Dupree. Tariq Love Dupree was the first person who introduced me into this art form. Um, back when I was in middle school, transitioning into high school, I was a part of his dance team, um, the FBI dance team. And later on, we traveled to Atlanta, Georgia, for Mr. and Miss Black Universe. And I think that was in 2002 when Chanel, Nicole, and Al won the pageant. And I actually danced in this talent. 
And that was my first experience, like, at that type of just, like, period. Like, my first pageant experience, I had never seen a show. I had never been to a pageant, nothing. So I was just overwhelmed with the glitz and the glam. And from that point on, I knew, like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do, and I'm going to be good at doing it. So that's how I got into it. All right, NBU 2002. Yeah, I remember seeing that uh, when I was watching the DVD, one of, one of my years of reminiscing, and I was like, oh, my God, like, that is my car sitting there or whatever, right. <laughs> or dancing there. <laughs> I have so, raised. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm. I probably shouldn't say this, but I was not of age, but good thing it wasn't in a club, so didn't have to worry about that. But I, I had to be 16, 15, maybe mm. 16 at the time. Wow. So, yeah, early start, early start. Okay, but trust me, it's been a lot of people that's been a, that's been in either in pageants or dance behind somebody or whatever has that's been in that, you know, area that has not been of age. Uh, and uh, it seems like everybody's telling themselves afterwards, but it's like, it's nothing you can do now. But, uh, but yeah, right. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll even take it to, like, Jermaine. I remember Jermaine, everybody knows Jermaine Hancock, Jermaine Iman, like, you can go back and look at some of those old, you know, 2002, three tapes, and you're looking like, what in the world? Jermaine has been dancing, and me and Jermaine are the same age. They've been dancing since then, you know, so um, it's, it's interesting to see where people start and, and, and where they are currently. I won't say in, but where they are currently. Um, so, 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 we love Dupree. What about you, um, Akira? Who, who's the first person that initially introduced you to the art form? Um, my... I would have to say it was my late lover. Um, and that was I was a late bloomer, and we actually started dating, and he was doing male shows. So that's how I actually started. I started out doing male shows. So his name was Prince Davenport. Okay. He actually introduced me to the art form, and in the process, as I was doing male shows, um, after a while, I ended up I was introduced to Armani Davenport. And at the time, that's when I was introduced to Black Universe. And I saw her go through the whole process of trying to capture this title. And I'll never forget, um, I had no clue what a Black Universe was at the time. But I remember walking to her house one day, and she had this velvet gown laying on the ground. And she was, like, putting these rhinestone chains on it. And I kept trying to figure out what it was she was getting ready for. But I come to find out it was Black Universe. And it's one of the um, – it's actually one of her gowns that – is on YouTube now competing for Black Universe. So her her drive and her determination to be Black Universe mm-hmm. and the history that I found out about it is what actually drove me to want to be Miss Black Universe. Wow, Armani, Nicole Davenport. I'm sure I, I yeah, just knew that. Was, I, I just knew that was the first person. <laughs> I just yeah, knew that, that was, was the first the person. first person that got me into the whole Black Universe. Now, as far as the pageantry world, uh-huh. I mean, as far as shows, Right. It was Prince Davenport. Um, Prince Davenport. I was a, I was a male lead. Oh, what, 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 what was your name at the time? My name was Fabio Narcisse. Oh, Fabio. Okay. Come on, Fabio. Fabio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, anytime, any, anytime they do that, uh, what they call it, the uh, turnabout show, I guess you can just bring that name right on back. Yes, bring it right on back. Well, it'll be it'll be Fabio Davenport at this point. Okay, at this point, yeah. <laughs> Times have changed. Okay, so, Akira, I'm going to stay with you. Where did the infamous 
stage name come from, Akira Chanel Davenport? Like, where did that name come, come from? Did someone give it to you? Did you think about it? Did you think it, you know, come up with it on your own? Well, I actually stole the name Akira from my little cousin. Um, when I heard it, it just had a lovely ring to it. And I, at that time, I had never heard anything like that. Because the, mm-hmm. the original name that I was going to choose was Aaliyah, because I was such a big fan of Aaliyah. Um, but when I got to the club one night, I it was like three other girls named Aaliyah, and I'm like, oh, no, baby, <laughs> that's not going to work for me. Right. Um, <laughs> Chanel actually comes from my ballroom house. Um, I'm a member of the International House of Chanel, and, mm-hmm. of course, Davenport comes from Calexis. Okay. All right, Akira from the cousin, Chanel from the house, and Davenport from Calexis. Love it. Um, same a question for you, Makai St. James Dickinson, because I know you've had quite a few names. Uh, last Man, names. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, go ahead. Back in those early days, uh, again, being introduced to the art form through Tariq, um, going to the club and first trying to do this uh, – talent shows, I had the hardest time figuring out what I wanted to name myself, because at the time, and this is no disrespect to any male lead entertainer with similar names, but if you could remember, Micah, back then in the early 2000s, like, everything was Eon, Catravion, um, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, all of the Eons, and so I was like, my first name was Tashayan, and I was like, nah, that don't <laughs> Ooh. And then I switched it to Tanaje, and I was like, well, no, nah, Tanaje sounds too much like a female name, and I think they'll, you know, mix it up. Mm-hmm. So then I finally was like, well, Makai Pfeiffer is my favorite actor, so mm-hmm. I haven't heard that name used, period. Like, and I mm-hmm. wanted to stand out. I wanted to separate myself. So I was like, okay, Makai is um, the name I'm going to go with. And so at the time, um, Monty after Tariq was my uh, second dad, and that's where St. James came into play. Okay. And then a few years later, uh, once I, you know, began to compete more and travel more, I'll never forget I was in uh, Albany, Georgia, and I was doing Albany Newcomer, and I had traveled there on the Greyhound bus and didn't take anybody with me, and I entered into the contest. And so after registration, Damani walked up to me, and he was like, um, you seem like you uh you need anything? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm here by myself. I really don't have no help. And he was like, okay, don't worry about it. He was like, where are you staying? And I told him, he was like, well, I'm going to come to the hotel, and I'm going to look over your stuff. And he did just that. And so he was like, when he got to the room, he was like, I got one better for you. I'm going to dress you tonight. And so he did. So he dressed me. I wasn't successful. Armandis uh, won the pageant at night. But um him taking the time out for me, someone he didn't know, like, stuck with me. And so after coming back home and processing everything, I reached back out to him and I thanked him for just, you know, being unselfish of his time and being there for me when I needed um, him the most. And so that's where Dickerson came from. Nice. He became my dad. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the for the history lesson back down memory lane. Appreciate that. So while we're at the old <laughs> No, 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 I'm being serious. So while we're still there, keeping along that same tone, let's talk about, very briefly, all you have to do is say, you know, yes or no and what it was, but do you remember the first song you ever performed on show? And if so, what was the song? 
Mine okay. was the Kelly first. Price, Mirror, Mirror. Okay. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. No, you, no, you said it. You did. <laughs> and um, mine is no surprise. Most male leads, this is their first track that they do, but mine was Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk. Okay. And you know that, you know, depending on who does Can We Talk, um, it can really be a moneymaker. It can. It it really can. Yeah, I had to try to talk my junior king, well, my former junior king, Zodiac, out of um, some Tevin songs. Um, Like I said, everybody's performing. Oh, but I I love when, um, if you you do it justice, it most definitely gets you paid. Um, Right. And so, so let me ask you this, since we're still on the songs and then we'll move on. What is your favorite song to perform now? Ladies first. Oh wow. Um if if I if I said you got you got a show right now. I, um Akira, I need you at a show uh in the next two hours and uh I'm gonna pay you five hundred dollars for the gig. What's the what's the song you gonna you gonna you gonna perform? Well see, you know what, I think being Westland, it kind of like when I was Westland, we mm-hmm. always would base our shows around the venue and the mm. crowd that we were and actually the going mm-hmm. to. So mm-hmm. I right. So um that would all depend on what type of crowd that I'm going to see. So if I was at a pageant it would I'm sure it'd be something slow and draggy. If I was just at a club one night it would probably be something fast and ghetto. Um, if I had to say fast and ghetto, it would probably be well, it would probably be something Trina or Cardi B. Okay. Um, as far as song wise, I love a good mix, so I'm sure it'd be a mixture of each each each, each song. Of those um okay. some of the right, each of those artists. Um, if I was at a pageant or somewhere, it would probably be something sexy like um Rather Be With You by Beyonce or if I felt like dragging it on out, you know, I would do something more the lines of Love Under New Management by Kiki Wyatt. Okay. Love all of that. Okay, great. Um, so both of you competed and won various newcomer titles along your career, um, along your early journey um, as title holders. Um, name your top two. Yes, I'm putting you on the spot again. Name your top two and tell us what each of them taught you and how have you applied it to reigning now as a national title holder. So how, how have those two titles helped you? Who else okay, I'll go first this time. Um, my top two newcomer titles, uh, the first would have to be Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay newcomer, and that was because it was my very first pageant I ever won. So that was the first feeling of being accepted in the art form and saying, okay, yeah, I really have a true chance at being a great male lead entertainer. And um, Daryl at the time was the owner, and he taught me so much about the industry. Um, he just opened my mind to the endless possibilities that I could always take full advantage of. So I, I would always appreciate Daryl for that. And then my second would be Duval Newcomer. Um, Duval is very dear to me, and most people who have followed my career know that I did not complete my reign because mm-hmm. I thought I knew it all. And I was a hothead, and I would, you know, speak my mind and try to get over where I knew better that wouldn't work. 
And mm-hmm. what that taught me is that sometimes you do have to bite your tongue. And when people are trying to give you advice and trying to better you, it's not to harm you. It is to help you. At that time, I didn't realize it was to better me and to help me. But as I reflect back now, I understand that Duval taught me how to hone on to my skills, like how to sharpen each tool in my toolbox and become the best Makai that I possibly can be. And by them sitting me down the month before my give up, it wasn't to uh, humiliate me or to be nasty or disrespect me, but it was to show me that, you know, when you're developing into this, you have to listen. It's just like a job. If you go on, you have to, you know, be under that 90-day probationary period. You have to follow the rules. And if you don't, you know, proper action is going to be taken. And so I'll take that with me now as Mr. Black Universe. Um, I, I try to listen. And I try to take heed to the advice and what's being told to me, and I follow that the, the direction from those high, the powers that be, knowing that they're not against me, but they're helping me to navigate mm-hmm. through. Good growth is a great thing, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Tampa Bay and Duval. Okay, uh, Terry, you're mm-hmm. up. My two would have to be Black America Junior and Junior Miss. Mm-hmm. and also Wesley Newcomer. Um, okay. Black America Junior Junior Miss because I feel like a lot of things that took place during my reign actually prepared me to be a national title holder, not just a national newcomer title holder. It prepared me to actually become one of those girls who were who was professional on and off stage. Um, it also prepared me for the next steps in life as far as, you know, knowing how to actually reign on a national level and no longer being just looked at as a little girl, like some things I had to prepare myself for. Um, I would have to, Westland, Mm -hmm. baby, Westland just opened so many different doors. It taught me how to market. It taught me how to network. It taught me how to promote myself. It taught me how to not only to make what it is I was doing as a hobby, a brand, and a career. Love it. A great combination, and I'm not too no horns. That's a great combination, honestly. Um, that's a powerhouse, and I guess maybe that's why you're where you're at now. Oh, hey, I'll fight Westland Black America. Um, something that I always, and you were talking, Wayne. Oops, I'm sorry. Um, as you were talking, <laughs> as you were talking, Makai. Now, you don't have to say, you don't have to clear it up, Makai, before, um, before we move on. Black America, Junior, Junior. Oh, yeah, Black America, Junior, Junior. Miss, I, I do. Know, yeah. I was, was so yeah, you were black American newcomer. Yes, yes, most definitely. Let's, please do not let us go down that down that uh, aisle. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Makai said something that uh, that made me think about you know plans. You know how Makai, you know he was he was a newcomer. He started with this, that, and the other things happened. And that's a part of the growth process. I mean, things that you did 10 years ago, just even regular life, you wouldn't do that. I mean, you know, in your everyday today, things you do in your 20s, you're not doing at your 30s. You know, things that you probably did at 25, you're not doing at 35. Um, and so I always try to tell people, um, I don't pr- profess to know everything. I'm growing and learning just like the next. But one thing about me is that I always kind of look and see what people are doing and I observe. And I think that, you know, is a great thing and it could be a bad thing, but I'm always observing people and, and trying to learn myself, you know, from experiences of others and not just my own. And I just feel like 
you know, title holders out there, no matter if you're a newcomer, no matter if you're a, a, a national title holder, you're, you're never too old um, or you're never too well-equipped, so to speak, meaning multiple national titles. You're never too any of that to learn. So I think it's always important for those out, out there that are in this industry that are trying to get a name for themselves. And you look at people and you say, oh, my God, like every title they touch, they're always a great, you know, um, ambassador. They're always a great title holder. You know, I want to be that, this, and the other. And I think it all goes back to having a plan. So I always tell people that it is, you know, just like on your, on your day-to-day job, like even when I applied for a position within my company that I work for now, like, um, I had to do a 30, 60, 90. This is years, years ago. Um, but I, I think that those are something. Those are things that you can apply to your own. And you guys tell me what you think. But those are things that you can apply to your own career. In, in as far as pageantry is concerned, you know, once you once you reign, and I want to say once. I mean, excuse me, once you win. But I want to say once you win, even before you know you're competing for something. You know, you're you're planning to win. The, you know, you wanting to win this national title. This title. So what about you having a plan? So I think it's always important to have a 30-day plan. What are you going to do? What are you going to accomplish other than getting your promos done within those first 30 days? What are you going to do within the next 60 days? You know, what is your plan? Where are you going? Where are you, you know, uh, what, what do you plan to do for the system? Um, and then within the 90 days, like what are you going to do within those 90 days? And if you want to take it out to 120, do that. And then go back at the end of your reign and see if you've committed and you've, you know, checked off or confirmed each and every one of those um, those bullet points for yourself. So I think it's always important as title holders and as people, period, to always have a 30, 60, 90 um, in hand. So, therefore, that kind of is your roadmap. And you don't necessarily have to depend on the owners or the, the powers that be of the system to kind of show you where to go. Because once you become national title holders, believe it or not, they actually already want you to know what you want, you know. Um, I don't think anyone of 30, 35, 40, 50, whatever, want to just be told everything. It's about taking the initiative. So I think that's a great way. I just want to, you know, put that out there. I was like sharing advice, and I think that um, having those plans in, in place before um, uh, winning and reigning is very important. What do you guys think about that? I agree. I, I um, think... Go ahead, Terry. Okay, well, I was going to say I totally agree. Um, I want to actually add to that. I also want to say, you know, even with having that plan, also know how to lose. Know how mm-hmm. to take, as they say now, those L's. Because what a lot, happens a lot of time is we put, we make these plans, but we never prepare ourselves for if those plans don't go in the timing or in the way that we want them to go. So you have to also prepare yourself for your plan being your, even your plan C sometimes. And to know not every time that something takes place that it's your time to go into a shell. It's actually your time to prove your, to yourself and to others that, you know, this is what you came here to do. You're prepared only to have a plan and to also follow through even if those plans don't fall, fall into place. Most definitely. I love it. What I, I about totally you? agree. Um, I um, have to piggyback off of what Akira just said and – and I took an L, and that was when I was preparing before I won in 2016. And I was Sweetheart International at the time. And Tamara came up to me after I lost. I got first runner-up. And she was like, you know, don't look at one because you, you, you were not bad. But do you honestly feel that you could have been 100% Mr. Sweetheart and 100% Mr. Black Universe mm-hmm. at the same time? And I thought about it after she said it, and it made so much sense. And the answer to that was no, 
I couldn't. So I had to step back and say, you know, it wasn't the best time for me, and I would have been selfish and allowed one system to suffer, and that wasn't fair to either system. And so Mm -hmm. what I did in preparing to win the following year, I got a journal. Tamara was like, get a journal, write down everything. Um, If you can't write down a, a journal a day, do it every other day or every week. And she said, use that journal to reflect back on the things that you felt like you could have done better and you fix it. And then you take that through your reign. She was like, you're not only preparing to win, you're preparing to reign because once you win and then you reign, you leave a legacy. And what is your legacy going to be? And when Mm. she said that, I was like, okay, what is my legacy going to be? And it made me think and reflect on why I entered into the business. And what I did, I actually got that journal, and from that moment in October of 2017 uh, up until this moment, I've been writing in that journal. And it'd be some days I'll go back and i reflect on things that I wrote down and say, well, are you acting on those things you said you were going to do? And I am. And it helps because oftentimes we have ideas that enter, and then once they enter and we don't put it on paper, it escapes us and we can't remember. Well, so yeah. I agree, Michael, it's best plan. And when you have a plan that's tangible that you can see, because you wrote it down, you could follow that plan easier than just say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then it never happens. Oh, definitely. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm glad that you, you, you talked about your preparation, what you prepared, you know, your, you, you, you highlighted what happened. Y'all forgive me. Um, my partner gave me some wine, and it is not, <laughs> it, it is not doing <laughs> what I want to do. Um, anyway, so but Makai, you talked about preparation, and so I want to bring that over to um, Akira because you talked about preparation from one year to the next, and so I did. That was something I wanted to ask, and so you know, since you said it, let's let's go ahead and tackle that. You know, Akira, what did you do differently from the year from when you came in 2015 versus in 2017? What did you do differently? I came as Akira in 2017. Okay. Um, when I came in 2015, I came as Armani's daughter. Mm. Um, a lot of my ideas came from what Ar- Armani, you know, said that they were looking for or what I mm. feel like everybody else was looking for. I didn't really have my, a, my full own ideas when I came in 2015. It was only because, you know, it was, my, it was Armani's give up. I'm, you know, her daughter. I'm her twin. And everything that I was put in, I was pretty much dressed up. Mm-hmm. Now, I did have an opinion on it, but when I came back, I came back as a revamped Akira. I came back mm-hmm. as Akira and everything that Akira wanted to do and wanted to look like. I... So I had to follow my own. I had to find myself and follow my mm-hmm. own mind when I came back in 2017. I used to have this thing. Well, it, only, it, it was only short-lived because now you've won. But it was the thing I used to say, you know, if you want to win Black Universe, whether it be male or female, you need to do a Ramaya. Um, but now that it's changed since you won, because I, I you know, this year, on last year, because if you want to win Black Universe, you need to do a Ramaya or an Akira or both, you know. And, and, and what I mean by that is that when I sat there and I watched, and I don't know, you know, people know that when I, when I go to pageants and I'm not having to do anything, <laughs> but watch the pageant, I watch the pageant. I've always been that type of person. I don't like to get up and go frolic in, in, in the lobby and stuff like that. That's great for some people. But I, I, my sole purpose for coming to a pageant is to watch it. And so that's what I did on both of those years. 
and to see, not taking anything from the guy, but more specifically Makai, but really looking at Ramaya and looking at um, Akira is that I saw that the year that they won, Ramaya took her, you know, one time and one time only for you, Akira was twice, but the year that you came and conquered the title, there was, I mean, it was no holds barred. It was no question. You know, you can tell you did what you wanted to do, and no one could hold a candle to that. And so I feel like when people are coming to patents, they really, when they want to be this national title holder, do what you want to do, but do it well. You know, so again, if you want to be Miss Black Universe or Mr. Black Universe or whatever, you know, whatever title out there, you got to come hard. You got to come hard. You got to come strong. And your ideas need to be complete. And so that I can definitely appreciate from, from, from also you, Makai, as well. Um, so, yeah, you got to do a Mario or, or a Kyria, honey, if you want to win. Um, do you guys believe that newcomer titles um, are still needed? I, I do feel like newcomer titles are still needed. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the grooming stages. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't feel like a, a lot of people. I feel like some people take advantage of the whole newcomer stage, but I feel like a newcomer is put in place to actually groom you to be that national entertainer that it is that you're trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like back in the day where you just jump on, you know, Black Universe stage. I think a lot of times now also people want to see that growth in you. Mm-hmm. So with those newcomer titles, you're getting your feet wet. You're making those mistakes, you know, and we're trying to pe- – the crowd and the audience and the patrons are trying to get a feel of who it is you are as an entertainer. So those newcomer stages are kind of to, you know, actually prepare you for when you come to the Black Americas and the Black Universes and the Continentals because once you actually get to those points, you have to know exactly who you are, what your mindset is, and how you're going to reign and what you're going to do in your reign. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, it's nobody baby you and patting you on the butt saying, hey, you know, yeah. let's go. And baby, trust me, they can be very cutthroat when you're not on your game. Yeah. And there, there are not many people in the industry, I'm glad you said that, because there are not many people in the industry that if you are a fish out of water, meaning you have the talent, but you don't necessarily have the experience, um, that are going to sit there and really baby you and walk there. And there, when I say there's very few, there's very few people who are going to take the time and the opportunity out of their lives to really sit and walk with you through your entire reign. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree. I could say more, but I, I agree. I want to let uh, Makaya, um, Makaya answer. Um, I do feel like newcomer systems and pageants are necessary, again, for the obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. It is for the grooming process. Uh, iron out those kinks, fine-tune everything. Um, I do also believe that if you're not successful on the newcomer circuit, that does not mean be stagnant and stay there. Just because you're not successful doesn't mean you're not gaining that proper grooming. You may very well have learned all you needed to learn, and it may be time for you to step up. And I'm a prime example of that because – um, I got I did a sweetheart newcomer three years consecutively and I got first one up each time. The first year to Cameron Black, the second year to uh Artavian St. James, God rest his soul, and the third year to Orion Valentino. And then I was like, Well, what is it about me that I'm not winning? Mm-hmm. And then I had to say, Well, I'm not winning, but however, 
I've not gone down in my placement, I'm still getting first runner up. So I had to think, well, maybe it's something that they need more than I did in the reasons why mm-hmm. they were successful. And so that third time it was like, okay, you know, this is it, and I can test the waters out on the in the big league. And when I did that, it, it, it I benefited from it because all those years of getting that grooming on the newcomer circuit, it catapulted me to where I needed to be in the big league. So I do feel like it's necessary and needed but I don't think that people should make a career out of being newcomer competitors or title holders. I see great response, um, by the way. Um, I definitely feel like as a newcomer, you know that this is something that you want to do, okay, whether you're doing college ball, but I'll say newcomer, you know. If you're wanting to be Miss Newcomer this Miss or Mr. Newcomer that, I think that it's just like I said, having a 30, 60, 90, or even a 120-day plan, I think the, the age-old question for you as a newcomer or walking into this is asking yourself, what do I hope to get out of being Miss whatever, Mr. whatever newcomer? You know, what do, I, what do I want to get out of this range? And if you're not getting it from your, your, your CEO, your promoter, or the formers, then seek help. And ask to get guidance on that, you know, because, and the reason why I say that is because there's many people that we've seen, you know, that have gone from newcomer to newcomer to newcomer and goes back to both what both you were saying, you know, no growth. There's no growth there. And so for, for, to me, it's like you didn't ask yourself the question or you didn't even understand yourself what you wanted to gain other than I want to be a, a title holder and I want to be able to do walk. No, it's more than that. It's a lot more that comes with being a title holder, period. So you have to ask yourself, what do I want to gain from being this title holder, more specifically this newcomer title? And if I'm not getting the necessary tools that I need in order to be effective in whatever I'm seeking, then at that point I need to ask somebody and I need to get it from whoever, you know. And so that will prevent you from going from newcomer to newcomer to newcomer to newcomer. And then before you know it, you got 15 newcomer titles when you could have been now on the national stage. You know, so it's very important for you guys, if you're not asking yourself that question now, ask yourself that question going forward. And even for you ones that are considering going into that realm of pageantry, ask yourself, what are, you, what are your hopes, what are you wanting to get out of being this, um, this title holder? Um, I actually think we have a call. Um, so I want to want you guys to hold real quick because I think we have a call. So hold on real quick. Gotcha. Hello, rulers. This is Mr. Black Universe 2013, Cameron Black. My question for you would be, what would you say is your most valuable lesson thus far? Again, what would you say is your most valuable lesson? Oh, that was Mr. Cameron Black. Okay, who wants to, who wants to ask the question first? My most valuable lesson is knowing when to speak and what what when to speak and what when not to speak and what to speak on. Okay. As Miss Black Universe, because prior to being Miss Black Universe, it was a lot of times where I felt like every comment needed a response, mm. even the negative ones. But I realized being Miss Black Universe that, you know, people are going to talk regardless. Like they're always going to have something to say, but it's what you give them and what you feed into it what makes. It's either going to make or break who they perceive you as. Some things just don't even need a response whatsoever. Let those who are negative be negative and still come and patronize the pageant or your shows 
or even you on your fan page. But everything doesn't need a response. Good, good. Okay. And what about you, Makai? Um, I think my most valuable lesson being Mr. Black Universe has been understanding that timing is of the essence. And that made sense after I won because I thought five years ago when I first started that I was ready, but I was wrong. And Mm -hmm. so now that I'm in the position to see that I'm not, I mean, I wasn't ready then, but I'm ready now, that was the most valuable lesson to me because it couldn't happen at a better time in my life where personally my life as Wayne was in order, is in order that had helped me be better in my onstage life as Makai. And so I couldn't see that back then because I was so hungry and wanted to be accepted or wanted the title so bad, not knowing and thinking that had I won, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have been no good for the system. Like, I wouldn't know what to do. I, I would have mm-hmm. probably made mistake after mistake. And like Akira said, there's those that are going to just have something to say regardless of you doing good or if you doing bad. And it probably would have been more people saying bad things about me actually not living up to the expectation of being a ruler of the universe. So now that I can fully understand and digest that, knowing that I'm ready, that was the most valuable lesson to me. Great. Great responses. You know, I think the way of thinking for some is that national title holders should uphold themselves. And not maybe not some, maybe most, um, is that national title holders should uphold themselves in the highest esteem and be professional at all times. Um, but we also understand that title holders are human. Um, do you think that title holders should have a personal opinion via social media, or should they just keep quiet and not involve themselves with anything that will put them in a position for the masses to question their true validity as a national title holder? If I can speak first mm-hmm. in the um, infamous words of Archie Bonet, silence is acceptance to say, as a national title holder, I do not feel like you should be silent on certain subjects or topics. You should voice your opinion. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be disrespectful. But you can get your point across where people understand where you're coming from without offending anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a way you say and go about what you say versus always being on the attack or the defense trying to get your point across. It's the way you go about saying those things that you need to say. Because if you don't say nothing at all, then what's the resolution to what the said problem is? Mm-hmm. Type it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, and then, and, and then, and then post it. You know, um, because sometimes we, we, we type, and, you know, and we have a, a lot of emotion behind it. Um, and then you have to kind of analyze things and say, number one, you know, what purpose is, is this response serving? You know, do I really need to respond to this? Will there be any backlash from me responding in this way? How will the platform that I represent, that I'm the ambassador of, how will it be perceived by them as well? Um, and what it just speaks to the masses about me as an individual. So there's a lot of things that, you know, people that are title holders and have a large platform or a large following have to think about. Um, but most definitely, I definitely agree that, you know, silence is acceptance. And there are certain things that we can talk about. Like Akira said, there are certain things that we should speak on and there are certain things that we should not. But I definitely most, I most definitely agree. Um, what about you, Akira, uh, as far as title holders and, and social media and, and all of that? 
Well, it seems like y'all pretty much said it all. I feel okay. the exact same way. Um, I feel like your opinion is definitely needed um, because mm-hmm. it also lets people know a little bit of who you are because people only see what we give them, which is the five to ten minutes on stage or, you know, the National Walk crowd, you know. No one can actually get a chance to know your views about certain things or your personal opinion about certain things just from seeing you inside of the club. So a lot of times I feel like it is needed. But like as I also stated earlier, certain things, it's a time and place for everything, and certain things should get a response and certain things shouldn't. But they definitely should. I do feel like when you have that platform, to utilize it with your opinion. Most definitely. Okay. I think we have another call. I'm sorry, we have another call. Hold the line for me real quick. You got another call. Hello, Rulers. This is Roman Black, Mr. Black University 2015. During my reign, I was always asked, why did I want to be a black title holder? Why do I want to do a pageant that starts with the word black? And I know what my specific reason for doing it was, but I want to know from you both, what is the reason that you choose to be a black title holder, or shall I say, reign for a system that starts with the word black? And what would you tell anyone else who's out there that is black, who wants to be a national title holder for a system, but but feels that they don't want to reign for a title that starts with the word black? Mm, that's a good one. That was Roman Black, Mr. Black University. That is a great question. Great question. Yeah, go ahead. Tackle it. Okay. Okay. So um, what I'm going to say is I was always taught the first law of nature is self-perseverance. So with that being said, I wanted to reign for a title with the word black in front of it because this is a system, not even just this system, but those are systems that were made for us. We all know the history, and even if you don't know the history, a lot of times as black people, even in the pageantry world, the LGBT community, we didn't get the correct accolades or the correct praises that we were due. So mm-hmm. when those titles came about, I wanted to be a part of those legacies that were built for us. Mm-hmm. That's just like even with situations where we were never allowed to sit at the back of the bus. Okay, so I'm going to take advantage of the 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 pain and the struggle that those before me actually fought for Mm. And that's going to be my way of actually giving back and adding to the legacy. So that is why I do systems with the word black in front of them. Now, with that being said, also, that doesn't take anything from any other system. I would still reign from it for a system just as I did for a system with black in front of it the mm. same way with the same, with the same mindset, the same attitude, and I'm going to still give my 110%. But I know where my history lies, and I know where my history comes from, and I also want to add to that. You love it. Okay. All right, Karen. You had an answer, girl. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Spoken like a true champ, uh, queen. But, yeah, I agree. Like, the, the, the word black in front of the system is my direct heritage. I was born into mm-hmm. this. And so – why not be proud of something that is made specifically for me? Like Akira said, these systems with the title black in front, the word black does not dictate what we are, what we do, how we live. 
but more importantly, the struggle, the sacrifice, the blood, the sweat, the tears of those that paved the way. So why not stand on the shoulders of those individuals? Um, it's my duty. It's my responsibility to carry that title with the black in front of it, as proud and as bold as I, I can. And I would do that for any other system, but I wanted to do it for my black systems first because it's my direct heritage, and I'm proud. And what way to show my appreciation for those who have worked so hard to break down barriers and to allow us to be welcomed and accepted, to showcase our true talent, to showcase that we too can think outside of the box and we are articulate and we um, have said ideas that just go first in the stage. Um, mm -hmm. There are a lot of African-American entertainers that have taken their titles and done fabulous things with it. You you have Kyle Ian who went to the White House. He went overseas and represented, and it wasn't a system that had black in front of it. But you can tell because he's a proud African-American title holder that that comes from that direct heritage in his bloodline. So that's the meaning behind why the black is important in front of any title that I represent with that black in in the front. Nice, nice. I had something to say, and I actually forgot it. Um, but that's okay, um, because I think we have another call. Because <laughs> we, we have another call. Somebody's calling us. Hold on. Who is it? Hello, rulers. It's Miss Black Universe 2012, Kyla Nicole Santi. And my question is, Makai, what is one piece of advice that a former ruler has given you? And would you share that advice with someone else? Akiria, my question is, what do you feel like you have contributed to the Black Universe legacy? Okay, I got the question. Y'all need me to repeat yeah, I have my question. Okay, okay. I got my question. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Whoever wants to go first, doesn't matter. Okay, so the advice that I've uh, received from a former Mr. or Miss Black Universe is to always stay true to yourself, and you must first believe in yourself. And um, Akira had touched on this in another question that was asked mm -hmm. about coming to the pageant the second time as herself mm -hmm. versus the first time as Armani's daughter. And mm -hmm. I think that's true to us or me because the the five times it took for me to win, four of those times I did the pageant conforming to the ideas of other individuals. But it wasn't until I wanted to do the pageant with not, with not one single opinion of someone else but my own ideas and my own opinions that I was truly free and successful. So that was because someone finally gave me that advice and I listened to it and I applied it. So – I would pass that on to other individuals. You have to be true to you. But in being true to you, you have to first believe that you can do anything that you set your mind to. Great, right, great. Right. Okay, so my question was, what have I added to the Black America? I mean, I'm sorry, the Black Universe legacy. Um, mm -hmm. What I feel like I add to the Black Universe legacy is I took the word we all known, um, all are known as rulers. Not only have I took Black Universe, but I've also took the word ruler internationally. I have 
others who are saying the word rulers and are calling me the ruler, and they don't even know the definition behind it. But I've been able to actually give them more information as to why I call myself the ruler, and that's with people of all genres and all colors and nationalities um, who see me now as not only as a Kyria Davenport, but the ruler of Miss Black Universe. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Okay, you better get them in check. Let them know the definition, baby. Love it. I love the responses, and thank you to to um, to Cameron. Thank you to Kyla. Thank you to Roman. Oh, my God, hold on. I think we got one more. Somebody else wants to call in and ask you guys a question. We got one more. So hold on a second. Hey, Rulers, this is Miss Black Universe 2015, Ebony Sherry. We often hear from the community what the system needs to do to upgrade and better itself. What do you feel as though the community can do to assist in the uplifting of the system and to ensure that it lasts for 15 more years? Now, that's a very great question. That is a great question. And what I feel like communities can do to add to the legacy that we've been working towards and to make sure that we continue this legacy is to stop talking about it and start doing with it. Um, it's so many times where our, the community is so quick to say negative things about what took place or, or find the negative in everything. Instead of that, if you know the negative and you have so many opinions about the negative thing that, take, that takes place or the downfall of Black Universe, come to us and actually join us in actually changing that stereotype or that rumor or that negative opinion. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, this is for us. We do this not just because we want to wear that crown, but for you all who actually come and enjoy watching Black Universe. So mm-hmm. you are a part of our system also. So being that you are a part of our system and you want our system to continue to, continue to grow, I'm sorry, come and join us when it grow instead of just mm-hmm. talking about the negative things that are taking place. It's easy to point out negative in anything, but what are you doing to add to the legacy that we are trying to build or that is continuing to be built? There are more ways to invest in a system other than just being a preliminary promoter, you know? And so and that's just going to kind of go along with what you think, because I totally agree. Um, there's more ways to invest. Um, and if you see, if there's a need there, you know, if there's something that needs a gap that needs to be filled, you know, you can always offer, you know, offer yourself um, to the system. But, of course, you know, with any system, you gotta you got to come with a plan. Go back to, to the plan. you got to come with a plan. Um, but I'm sure with any system, you know, it's definitely Black University, Black Americans, um, some other systems that I know are willing and able to, to hear you guys out because if it, were, if it were not for the patrons of the system, who would they be performing for? year after year? Who would they be competing for year after year? So, um, so, so offer and lend your, your advice or whatever, but there are also ways of doing it without reading a system and also reading a system uh, socially, social media-wise, or, um, or nationally or whatever the case may be. There, there are the ways to do it. So I, I, totally, I totally get what you're saying, and I back that 100%. Um, so we yeah, have to invest. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sue. Oh, because a lot of times what happens, a lot of the people that actually come watch Black Universe, they have different showcase, they have different shows and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we hear a lot of times, oh, we don't see the rulers anywhere. We don't, you know, give Welcome. us those opportunities to showcase <laughs> our, right, give us mm-hmm. those opportunities to showcase our talents 
even if it's at a local show or you're just having, you know, whatever it is, a birthday, whatever it could, uh, baby, a baby shower. Give us the opportunity <laughs> to showcase our talent. Whatever. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm down for the barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Because not only will it allow us to showcase our talents, it also allow you to get to know the rulers on a personal level, and that way you can also say, you know, we gave back to our community because we have no problems with giving back. Yeah. We just ask that you all meet us halfway. I get it. I I hundred I, percent I agree, and I feel like I hear oftentimes people say, well, I don't want to invest in a system that don't have nothing for me or they can't offer me anything. And my logic to it is if you feel a system doesn't have anything to offer you, then be a part of that system and offer what you have to the system. Mm-hmm. And then you will see the change that you want to see. And instead of us waiting for the demise or sitting around praising the downfall or the low contestant number um, and then complaining about it, be that change that you want to see. Uh, encourage people to come back, stop sitting around and, and saying what's negative and be that positive. And when that happens, then you will see the change. And then we could come back to that point where you can say, oh, black universe is still the premier system. Black America is still the premier system. But it's going to take that village to come back hand in hand and put it's back into the, the, the system what they took out. Because a lot of the times we complain about what was what's not being done that used to be done, but people get tired of pouring in and pouring in, and then there's one complaint after another. Mm-hmm. So instead of always having a negative outlook on things, be more positive and say, well, you know what, it may have been seven contestants uh, last year, but you know what, I want to see that system grow. I want to see that system be back on top. So I'm going to reach mm-hmm. out to somebody and say, look, Go to this system. You're a great representative. You rank for this system. If you're ranked from that system, that system over there can use that type of rank from you as well. Give it a shot. Because the way we support other businesses, we should support all the same. And there's something that I think the both of you said that that made me want to say this. I remember a conversation long ago with, um, I always have, as a child, I've always liked to be around older people or whatever, or, or elders or whatever, and I take a lot from what they say. And so, of course, along the years, I've talked to a lot of the legends and the icons in the industry, you know, that people know today as legends and icons of the industry. And I always have listened to them. And, you know, even though I'm not a title holder, I don't go around, but I also, you, know, you guys know I support, I'm explaining someone, I'm this, that, and the other. And so something that I, I want to get, you know, offer this to whoever is the new, the next Mr. and Miss Black Universe, the next Mr. and Miss Set, whoever, is that seize the moment and take advantage of the opportunity that, that's set forth before you. And it goes back to not just waiting for things to happen, but you actually taking the initiative and making things happen. And it goes back to what we were saying, like the bar mitzvahs and the barbecues and this and that, I perform. You guys have done an amazing job of doing what you need to do as far as being on show, being visible, um, and, and that's great. But we need we need that to continue. So I say, if you're the new t- next Mr. Black Universe, the next Miss Black Universe, and yeah, you may not have many preliminaries or this and other happening or whatever the case may be, you can still make yourself accessible. You know. So let's say you're traveling to Orlando, and you're going to be there for a weekend. You know, Parliament House is there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever the case may be, whatever those, those times. Hey, I'm in your city. Oh, I'll be in your city. Darcel, do you, you know, is there, a way I, is there a way I can get a spot on the show? 
you know, and not necessarily wanting anything in return. My booking fee is two fifty, and this and the other. You know, sometimes you have to meet that need. You know, there's a need. You know, there's a gap. So how do I do that? You know, I go to these cities that I frequent, and I just ask them, can I can I perform at St. Louis, Missouri, um, at their Hamburger Marys, Houston's Hamburger Marys. You know what I'm saying? Like, or oh, Lips, or wherever. You know. You have to sometimes meet the needs yourself. So taking that advantage and taking the, taking advantage of the platform and also taking the initiative, you know, to go out there and really make yourself known because I guarantee you building those relationships and networking, as, as, as Akira said earlier, marketing and networking among other systems and other um, club owners out there across the United States, that will set yourself up for success to where you are like a Tommy Ross. Or, you know, I know those other girls, Sasha Sanchez, Sasha, you know, a lot of those girls just traveled the United States, but they didn't do that by just saying stagnant or relying on their title. They actually went out and they, you know, they marketed themselves, however, and got those bookings. So that's very important. Um, so we're going we're gonna to wrap up. I think we've had a wonderful show. Um, I, I do have just a uh, one or two questions, and I'll, I'll start with Akira. Um do you have any goals, personal or professional, after your reign is over? And if you do, what are they, if you would, don't mind sharing? Uh, my personal goal is to take the things that I have learned in competition as a reigning queen and also as Miss Black Universe and to capitalize off of those and actually turn those into business, um, into, into businesses, brands, that I can actually receive residuals from five, ten years when I'm no longer performing on and off stage. That way I can give back to the community, which started me, mm-hmm. at, which is pageantry. So okay. that when we have those negative comments as far as, you know, um, the system is going down or the system needs this and the third, I'm in a place in my life um, financially and mentally that I can give, start giving back to the community. Love it. Makai? Um, After my reign, I want to continue to just uplift the community, um, be of encouragement to those who seek the help, whether it be within pageantry or in everyday life. Um, I have goals of going back to school and getting my degree. Um, I want to become a registered nurse. So that's something that I've put on hold for a while now. And I want to invest back into Wayne. I think I've invested into Makai. And um, now it's time for me to invest in Wayne. Um, Makai won't be too far away. So I'll still be here to, to you know, patronize the systems that I'm a part of, hopefully become a part of, be a well-rounded entertainer and um, person. When your friends um, give or speak, the things of which they want for their lives, I think it's very important as friends of each other to hold each other accountable and responsible for those things that they want for their lives. So, Wayne, as your friend, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to make sure that in the next year that you're on your way back. You know, I think it's very important. Okay, what about now? You said I'm, I'm very good for my friends to tell you I'm very good for this. Now, you say you're going to do this. What's going on? What's the update? You know, and so I think right. that it's very important that you go back to school and you do exactly what you want to do because, again, pageantry can allow you to put a lot of stuff on hold. 
And had it not been for some friends of mine to say, hey, Micah, you need to, you're doing a lot. You're doing, you know, not too much, but you're doing a lot. What about you? And so it's always good to take time out for you because you come first before anything else. So I will be holding, you know, I'll be holding you to the fire with that because I want to see that happen for you. Um, so please so do. definitely. Um, please do. Oh, I will. I will. I mean, I have a lot of, I have some, my, my brother is a nurse. Um, one of my very best friends from high school, I hang out with him in New York on occasion. He's a nurse. He's a traveling nurse. Um, and I know a few other nurses. So uh, I have a child that's a nurse. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to make sure you, I'm gonna make sure you get that done. Um, I'm going to give each of you a name as we wrap up, and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you hear it. It's not many. It's just a few. Makai, uh, Damani Hall Dickerson. Uh, just an all-around, down-to-earth individual willing to give the shirt off his back. Uh, he's a stand-up type of guy. He goes hard for this community. Anybody who knows Damani, he is involved and has his hand in everything involving this community, and it's a beautiful thing because some people are selfish in giving themselves, but he sees that it's bigger than him, so he lends himself to everybody in any way he can. Akira Armani Nicole Davenport. Definitely a giver and a crafter. <laughs> Armani <laughs> is definitely one of those people that you can be at a pageant and bust out your dress, your hair can fall off, but for some odd reason, mama's going to know exactly how to get you in all of those things in just the right amount of time. Now, you might be a few seconds late after they call your name, but she's def- Armani don't mind getting on her hands and knees in a gown or a sportswear to make sure someone that's in need is going to get the help that they need. Okay, and I'm going to keep it with Akira. Collects with Davenport. Hell, hell on wheels. <laughs> but everything she say. <laughs> uh, Mom is definitely hell on wheels, and but she don't mind giving advice. She would definitely give. She's one of the people that I know that. As much noise as she talks, she's going to tell you the right, wrong, and the nitty-gritty dirty. But she's going to give her direct advice, and it's going to be the truth, and it's going to be something that's going to help you out. And, Makai, the last person um, for you will be Tariq Love Dupree. Tariq Love Dupree, my start. Um, He taught me the values on how to Go after whatever you set your mind to. Um, a hustler, he he instilled in me, you know, that mentality that you can't wait on the next, but if you want it done yourself, do it the right way because when you do it yourself, it's going to get done the right way. Um, use your talents as a gift. Don't sit on your talent because once you use your talent in the right way, it'll open doors that you never thought would ever be open. And like my last question, and it's very important, for you to convey this however, but this is to the contestants who are vying for the title at the end of the month for Mr. or Miss Black Universe. Um, I want you to give them, aside from be you and be yourself and have fun, because those are always the normal responses, or normal, normal, uh, yeah, yeah, responses, but what advice would you give to um, any of the contestants that are coming for Mr. Black Universe for, for McCall? and Miss Black Universe for Akira. What advice would you give them other than be you, have fun, be yourself, all that great stuff? Don't hold back. For all, 
<laughs> okay. So Kira, okay, Kira, you said don't hold back. Was that it? That was that was all. Don't uh, don't okay. hold back. Whatever uh-huh. it is, because a lot of times people get stuck in. Oh, I'm just gonna do light prelim night, and you know mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring it final night. <laughs> don't hold back. Mm-hmm. You start winning the pageant at registration. Mm-hmm. So when how when you come to registration. Already be ready for as you're ready for presentation. Don't hold back at any category at any point, even if it's just you're tipping after prelim night after you've did gown or after you've did your categories for that night. Don't mm-hmm. hold back. Show them why you should be Mr. or Miss Black Universe. Mm-hmm. Because trust me, they're watching. Mm-hmm. I love that because I've, I've had to tell a few people that. Um, and and they, they're now rulers. I, I'm not going to say I have anything to do with it, but. I definitely say after going through those, you know, watching that pageant and being there from like 2001 on on to now, it's like you have to really, from start to finish, you need to look like you want to be Miss Black Universe or Miss Black Universe from start to finish. So I'm, that was great advice, and don't hold back. I, I love it. And what about you, Makai? Um, I would say to all uh, Mr. Black Universe hopefuls, um, if you have the opportunity to get on the stage, Get that stage time in, um, mm. build your confidence up because just like Akira said, don't hold back. That that's with your confidence too. Be confident in everything you present. Put on your garments. Make sure they fit. Um, have people that you trust to look your garments over with you while you're in them. Model it. Know your stuff. Know your craft. You have to present it, and when you present what you believe in, that makes us believe in you. So um, dot every I, cross every T. Make sure everything is fine-tuned. Don't wait till that weekend, and, and, and then once that weekend is over, you say, I wish I would have, could have, should have. Do it before you get there so when you do get there, everything will go as you planned it to. Dress rehearsals and, and talent rehearsals are important. <laughs> go ahead, uh, Kyria. And I also want to say also, study. A lot of mm. people never actually study the system that they're going to. Study the system that you're preparing yourself for because every system is not the same. And what you may think works for one girl might not work for you. So you have to do your own study and don't trust anyone's research but your own. Study mm-hmm. for where you're going. That's right. And I will well, say this. Market mm-hmm. yourselves. Put yourselves out there, you know, whatever they may be. Just market yourselves. Get yourself in the habit of being Mr. or Miss Black Universe. It starts now. It doesn't start after you win. It starts before you win. So mm-hmm. do all the things necessary to make sure that once you become the next rulers of the universe, it's a go because it's going to be a go <laughs> right away. It's like it's like your resume prestige you. You have to put out your resume before you even, you know, before you even interview. You know what I'm saying? You have to be considered. So put it out there, you know, post, you know, pictures, whatever, network, talk to people, you know, that's all important because that's what you're going to be doing throughout your entire reign. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. I want you to hold the line. Thank you for everyone that's listening. I definitely appreciate you guys. Um, Share it as much as possible. I'll be posting it. Um, But to my rulers, um, just hold the line for me really quickly and we'll be playing the closing of the show. So hold for me, please. Well, guys, actually it for tonight's episode. Thank you to each of you who decided to listen live on tonight. We appreciate your support and make sure you share the link as we post it to my social media, Micah Pierce on Facebook, as well as the reigning rulers. Um, Now be sure to come and support the rulers and the entire Black Universe family October 26th, 27th, and 28th in Atlanta, Georgia 
honoring Makai St. James Dickerson, Akira Chanel Davenport, and MBU grand Alexis Deja at the Atlanta Marriott Marquis. Thank you again to Makai and Akira for this incredible look into their lives and their journey to the crown. I wish nothing but the best for each of you as you both continue to reach for the stars on and off the stage. And as always, I have to leave you guys with a quote of the week. So here's this week's quote. Your past cannot define you. Whether you mess up in the past or you're suffering from it, that moment and that person no longer exist. Growth is constant, so keep moving along with the flow of life. Allow yourself to heal and become better than the person you were. One more time. Your past cannot define you. Whether you messed up in the past or you're suffering from it, that moment and that person no longer exists. Growth is constant, so keep moving along with the flow of life. Allow yourself to heal and become better than the person you were. Until next time, everyone be blessed.